Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This show is brought to you by Miami Grill. For over 30 years, Miami Grill has brought you big favorites from big cities, featuring authentic ingredients prepared fresh to order with the best cheesesteaks, wings, gyros, burgers, and more. Don't just bring dinner home, bring home Miami. Order online or in person. Pickup, drive-thru, dine-in, and delivery available at all locations. If you're craving it, they're making it. Bringing Miami Grill home has never been easier. With locations all over South Florida, check MyMiamiGrill.com to find yours. That's MyMiamiGrill.com to find Miami Grill. While we're in the middle of this booming real estate market of South Florida, you may be looking to purchase a new house or refinance your current one. You can make sure that you have an attorney-owned title company handle your contract and close for the low price of $295. Reach out to our good friend Seltzer Mayberg. Give them a call at 305-444-1565 and mention 5 Reason Sports in order to get that $295 closing fee on all purchases and refinances. So go ahead and purchase or refinance that house knowing that you'll have an attorney reviewing and handling your closing for $295 when you mention 5 Reason Sports. You can also visit their website at onecalllegal.com where they'll be able to assist you with any of your legal needs whether it's a divorce or a car accident or slip and fall everything is in-house and they're ready to help you with whatever you may need an attorney for that is 305-444-1565 seltzer Mayberg. let me introduce you to another sponsor bestever.com that is b-s-t-e-v-r.com bestever.com is a fantasy sports simulator that uses real life data to simulate hypothetical situations for example Ever wondered if Dan Marino could win a Super Bowl with a top 10 running game? We all have. You can do that with bestever.com. Let's say the Dolphins are in the running for a big free agent. Just add them to the current team and simulate games to see how it can turn out. Just open a free account and start building your own story and have bestever.com spit out game stories just for you. Bestever is not only fun to use, but has many uses beyond just curiosity. Go to bestever.com. That's B-S-T-E-V-R. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf and Simon. And we're on and welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy. This is part two of our wide receiver and preview. We're going to be taking it up at day two. Thank you to all our sponsors, especially Miami Grill, who's new on our sponsor set. You heard him at the top of the show. Of course, Biscayne Bay Brewing with the lager. Manscaped, 
Five R is sent for 20% off, of course. All right. When we last left you, we left you with talk about Kadarius Tony. And we didn't mention two guys that, in my opinion, and I, th- I think we kind of all agree, have a real shot at getting in the first round. I think one of them, if he went to Michigan and not Western Michigan, would be in the first round. Of course, that's Dwayne Eskridge. The other is... Everybody's favorite. Like everybody who saw him, saw him in the senior bowl, who saw him play because he was on TV every single Saturday in prime time, Amari Rogers. Let's start right there. Amari Rogers, Dwayne Eskridge. Let's take Amari Rogers first. Diamond, his prospects as a day one guy, his prospects as a Miami Dolphin at pick 36. Or are they going to have to move up for him? Where is he? Uh, I, I don't think he's a day one guy. Um, okay. But, and. Uh, could he be the first pick in the second round for Jacksonville? Uh, he could be. I, I probably, I think when all said and done, I did a top 50 for the magazine today and Rogers wasn't in it. And when all said and done, I wonder whether or not he falls down a little bit. Not not for any reason, uh, lack of talent, just because there's lots of good players. You know, corner group is really good. Offensive tackle group is really good. You know, there the, the could be reasons why. Um, players like that fall, you know, there's more value at defensive end, I think, in the sort of the 25 to 45 area. And so you might see four or five of those guys come off the board at kind of that point. But, you know, Rogers is, you know, speedy. He's thick. We talked about how thick he is before physically. You know, it's Debo Samuel. Yes. Great hands. Uh, and that yak capability we talked of in the last show, you know, he was number two in the nation in yak in the regular season in 2020 and top five in yak over the last four years in all of college football. Uh, FBS and FCS you know he's slippery in the open field he moves the chains all the time on third down I mean that that's what he does he's not going to necessarily wow you all the time with everything that he does he's not like uber twitchy or whatever he just takes over games because he's he gets open he's got a great play strength he's a natural hands catcher he's shifty he runs good routes you know, and he's an he's an amazing kid off the field. You know, outstanding character. Coaches love him. Teammates love him. Um, you know, his uh, his high school coach said we talked about Isaac Bruce in the last show. His high school coach says Isaac Bruce is the player that he reminds me of. You know, he, he reminds me of Doug Baldwin. Um, I just think he's just a really good player, the sort of guy that ends up playing for ten years, a third down chain mover that everybody needs. Um, I, I really like him. I think he's a, just a really solid. Player. And it goes back to something I always bang on about: it's just don't overlook really good college players. And he's a really good college player. Yeah, Chris, his senior bowl. I thought you know, if it weren't for Dwayne Eskridge, who came to the attention of, a, of you know of a lot of people those those few days in Mobile, if it weren't for him. Mary Rogers probably would have been the star of those practices because he was not, not only was he playing everywhere and showing up pretty much everybody, but he looks the part. He's big, he's strong, and he plays a lot taller than whatever he measured, which was five, nine and a half or whatever it was. Was that it? I believe so. Um, I'm not I'm not actually sure uh, what he what he measured that way. But if not he would be, uh, I guess, you know, Debo Samuel is opening up the, 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 the door for him because everybody passed on Debo Samuel, not everybody, but everybody didn't look at him as a, as a top, top prospect. But all of a sudden we see the value of what a Debo Samuel can do for a team. So Amari Rogers, Chris, first round. Yeah, he's not going to, he's not going to go in the first round. I don't think, um, 
I think that's legitimate. I think uh, I don't think he's gonna. You know, he's for being a rack. You got to build a story, um, and what he is is definitely a rack. Um, you know, get the ball in his hands kind of guy, screen guy. You know, orbits. You know, all that kind of stuff. Um, he got so much action like that. Uh, he, a lot of stuff that that you criticize that I criticize anyway, but some, some other people do about Rondale Moore and the fact that he's, you know, he, he hardly ever really run runs actual routes and yeah. uh, never catches the ball down the field um, or runs a route and tries to get open down the field. I mean, he's, he's not really used as a wide receiver. Um, Rondale Moore is not, you can partially throw that against uh, Amari Rogers in some ways because, you know, he, his, his average depth of target, you know, was really low. Um, I think it was something like, uh, like, you know, seven and a half yards. Um, it's, you know, he, he, there's a reason he had all that run after catch. He had that run after catch because he was throwing the ball in situations where run after catch was expected. Um, and so I think that uh, that's, that's, and, he, and he's not like, he's not four, three speed. I think you te- tested like four five, um, somewhere around there. Again, these are all things that you're stacking on top and saying, well, okay, yeah, he's not going to be a day one guy. And, and some teams are not even going to have him as a day two guy. Um, but I, I would take him, I would think about him in day two. I'd probably think about him more in the third round than I would in the second round. Um, mm-hmm. I think that he's one of the most, you know, natural slot one of the most probably reliable anyway, slot players that you can find some of these other guys, you want them to play in the slot, but you're, you're going to question, you're not going to know if they have the toughness until they get in there, you know, they get in the NFL and they try and play into the slot and there's a different level of toughness that is uh, expected of you. You're not going to question that with Amari Rogers. Like he is, he is built like, I mean, he, he's built like Maurice Jones drew, um, and you know, he's, I mean, he, I mean, that's what he is. And, and he is super tough. I mean, he's physical, strong and tough, and you're not going to question that about him. So I think that, um, I think that you can really rely on him as a contributor, as a good player, but I think that there's going to be a lot of people that aren't going to see, you know, envision him being a difference maker down the road. And yeah, that's I, what he's going to have to f- face. Yeah, and I and I tend to agree. Uh, putting the senior bowl aside, it, there's really not much evidence he he runs stuff on on the perimeter on the boundary. You know, he's he's kind of pigeonholed to being a slot guy, and some would say a gimmick guy. But I think somebody is going to look at Debo Samuel and say, you know what, this is a do over on our evaluation from that year, and maybe we're going to make right by taking an Amari Rogers because production's there. And the similarities are there. <laughs> it's, it's just too obvious. Moving on to Dwayne Eskridge, I don't understand how this guy's not talked about more as a first-round talent because everything seems to check out on him. Is it just the small school bias, Simon? Or is there something else we should be looking at? Because it seems to me Dwayne Eskridge checks every single box you would want in a wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, don't forget this is a... You know, he was a receiver who then moved to cornerback. You know, in 2019, he played a full season at corner um, and then moved back to receiver in 2020. So, you know, his career, you look at his career snap count, you know, he's played a significant amount of snaps on defense. Um, 
I think he's not without fault. I think he drops too many passes. Um, and I think he needs to clean that part of his game up. But he's a really good player. But I think, you know, you're not going to get too many slot receivers at his size, 5'9", 186 or whatever he is, that fit into the first round, no matter how the modern game is going. Because the NFL still values guys at six foot and above, at 200 pounds and above. He, regardless of the fact he's a dynamic playmaker. Um, he reminds me of Antonio Brown. Um, he's tough. He's nasty. We talked about on the show before that, you know, that hand jab that he has, he knocks away uh, people's hands. He could sneak into the first round. I don't think there's a, you know, I don't think it's beyond the rails of possibility. I mean, he can absolutely fly. Um, I thought he played really well at the senior bowl. He's competitive. He's a dog. You know, he's an absolute dog on the field. You know, he's a route runner. He's got great technique. He's got smooth feet. I think he's a really good player. He's going to play special teams. Um, He'll be a return man. He can be a gunner. Um, you know, I like him a lot. And, he, you know, he's a three-time state champion sprinter. He won the 200 metres twice and the 100 metres. He's no, you know, he's no slouch. He's, if you uh, watch that game against Akron, you can see why. Like, that's just yeah, ridiculous. He, he's got a lot of talent. Yeah, he bench presses 350 pounds. He squats 505 pounds. You know, he's a good player. He's a good player. That's what it is. You know, but there's, you can only fit 32 players in the first round. So, you know. Mm. Um, yeah. But I think he'll. I, I suspect he'll go on day two, I, 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 and in the second round, I'd be surprised if he fell any further. Chris, why? Why? What am I missing, or or is my is my love misplaced here on Wayne Eskridge? What am I missing? No, he, why is he not a? It talks universally talks about as a day one talent. Well, I think he might. I think he might go in the first round. Um, yeah. You know, I, I I don't know if I would say that he will. You know, but he might go in the first. The reason he wouldn't go in the first round, the, re- the reason that you wouldn't talk about him and that everybody isn't universally talking. I mean, Simon hit on it. You're you're at we- you're at Western Michigan. There's a certain level of competition that you're facing there. Um, you're a guy that moved to corner uh, and back to wide receiver, uh, and that has a history of some drops. And and it's like, uh, you know, okay, are you moving it? You know, sometimes the cliche is cor- corners are corners because they couldn't be receivers. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and and so you you start to wonder that about him. Um, you know, is, is that it? Did is that why? Um, and he does have some drops. He does have some hands issues. But I do, if this sounds weird, but I don't see an issue with the way that he goes after the football. Like if that makes sense. Like I, I don't see an issue in the way that he approaches the catch. Um, and that's going to be important. Another important thing is and we mentioned the play speed thing. And yeah, he, he ran pretty fast uh, when he, when he did his pro day, but I think, uh, um, and this is important for Miami because Miami is actually a partner with uh, StatSport, who's one of these uh, GPS uh, teams and Western Michigan happens to be a partner with them as well. So I know that they probably have some very good GPS data on Dwayne Eskridge. And I also know just because I watched the tape that his play speed is really effing good. Um, and, and so I think that, and, and that's what I think people got surprised by, especially the corners that tried to face him at the senior bowl and couldn't cover him on anything, you know, on anything. Uh, and Miami was coaching that team, by the way. Um, so I think that they probably have their eyes on Dwayne Eskridge and, and perhaps if they didn't get Will Fuller, you know, he'd even be a target, um, but I don't know if he's going to be a part and target for Miami. He should go in the first round. He strikes me as one of those guys that, you know, the 49ers 
trade up for at number 20, you know, six overall or something like that. And, and, uh, and then he goes in the first round and that's what I think he is. I think Simon said it all. He's a dog. Um, You see that part of him. There's sort of, it's like, you can't put your finger on it sort of uh, thing. He's, he's very competitive and um he's an alpha he's, uh, he's an alpha he's, uh, he's an alpha he's breaking yeah. he's breaking hands breaking fingers whenever anybody tries to get hands on him whether it's the run game or the or in coverage um he's you know he's very quick he's very snappy he's virtually uncoverable at western michigan and then he went virtually uncoverable at the senior bowl so you're looking at this and you're like well why isn't he one of the best receivers in the draft um and and yes. i think the answer would just be because of the hands issues or some of the drops and um, and the level of competition. And that's probably it. Yeah. And he probably doesn't like, he doesn't like to have his picture taken because I have him on four draft guides right in front of me. None of them have his picture. <laughs> it's kind of tells you, or that's Western Michigan's athletic department. Who's not very good at this maybe. And they can't get the picture out, but yeah, his hands are violent. And if you watch him on film, he just looks faster than everybody else. He looks like, and maybe that's a product of playing at Western Michigan, but everybody else around him looks inferior to him. He looks like he's toying with the competition. If you really want to see, you know, a step, an, an athlete who is a step above all his peers on the same football field, watch that Akron game. Cause that Akron game is just, it's just, it's a showcase of him for 60 minutes, just being better than everybody. And not only being better than everybody, he plays with a mean streak. If you watch him, he'll put his head down. He'll run you. He'll at least he'll try to run you over because, as Simon said, he's not the biggest of guys, but he's one of those solid one one hundred and ninety pounders that you don't want to mess with. A Steve Smith type, you see it sometimes on film. Like he'll fight you. I absolutely love Dwayne Eskridge, and in my opinion, I don't know about thirty six him being BPA, but if I don't have a wide receiver and he's there at thirty six, I'm probably taking him. All right. Yeah, moving he, on he's he's one of the best by the way on on press you know against the press like yeah. that's that's measurable that's well that's cause, real because there's cornerbacks because there's cornerbacks all over the mid-american west conference with like bruises all over the wrist because this guy mm-hmm. will slap and and let's not let's not kid ourselves he dominated that scene those senior bowl practices like that was that was something you yeah. know so you know I, I guess you guys could tell we like Dwayne Eskridge all right so you know Put a little asterisk right next to his name and look for him on draft day. When he goes, when he goes, I think all three of us will be saying, you know what? That's a nice player going somewhere. Normally, I don't like B-side guys, but this guy became an A-side guy, and he's growing on me. And sometimes the B-side guy is pretty damn good, a la Jarvis Landry. Terrace Marshall was the B-side guy in 2019. Became the A-side guy last year. Damn it, that's that's Devontae Parker, Simon, isn't he? Mm, yeah, except he's – I think he's just a better – he's better with the ball in his hand. Uh, I think he's big, he's long. Uh, you know, look at him, six foot – what is he, six foot three, 206 pounds or whatever he was today, you know. And he stepped up in the absence of Jamar Chase, a bad LSU team this year. He played really well. You know, doesn't gain heaps of separation, but he wins at the catch point. Um you know, he's tall, he's long, he's lean, and he really eats up that cushion. He's got real acceleration. He's kind of a long strider. Um, yeah, I like him. I think he's a good player. I think he was better in 2020 than he was in 2019, generally, as a route runner. Um, and you like to see players, you know, that they don't plateau. They're continuing to look to improve. You know, he 
he would he works out hard to sell his fakes. He doesn't round off routes anymore like you saw him do in 2019. He'll sink his hips a little bit more. It, you know, it's not easy for those big guys to to do those sorts of things. He uses his head and his shoulders. He's a snappier in and out of his breaks. He's a good player. You know, he's going to box people out in the. You know, he is him and Carl Pitts. I think were the the one and two red zone threats in the nation uh, in terms of catches to to passes thrown at them. Um, in fact, he led all of college football in red zone touchdowns over the past two seasons. So there you go, reading my own notes. Um, so yeah, you know, Dolphins suck in the red zone. So there's an interesting uh, there's an interesting guy for you in terms of somebody that will improve that. Um, I mean, he played in this. Uh, what's interesting? I mean, two of the really interesting things about this draft are kids who played together in high school. So I think Patrick Satan. Uh, there's two corners plus Marco Wilson at Florida who all played in the same high school team. Patrick Sertan's dad was their head coach. Hmm. Terrace Marshall played wide receiver in high school with Justin Ross. I mean, imagine turning up <laughs> if you're a high school team <laughs> and you're, you're the corners and you're playing Marshall and Ross. I mean, that is pretty ridiculous. Um, so yeah, I like him. I think he's a good player. He, again, he's somebody else that might sneak into round one and he's an interesting option for the Bengals. I think in, you know, if they do end up going the Penne Saul route to protect, um, to protect Joe Burrow, you know, and pass on Jamar Chase. You come back and you you take a Terrace Marshall in round two and pair him up with a guy that he knows a little bit. He's, a, he's an interesting player. To me, he's a late first, early to mid second round player. Chris, fit with I the think, Miami Dolphins? I think he's a solid second round player. I think that um, the Miami Dolphins may be interested in him. Uh, it, it's, it depends on what's going on with Devontae Parker. Um, and, you know, Simon really said it. I mean, it's, it's all about red zone for him you're looking at. But he did go out there and run a 4-3-8, uh, same, as, um, same as Jamar Chase. And so I think that uh, you know, in addition to being as tall as he is and with as good a frame as, as he does, then you're going to get a lot of teams that, um, that will take him. Uh, he, he's not a guy that ever really um, – how should I say this? He's not a guy that ever really strongly wowed me, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, like play after like, like he has those plays where, Oh my God, did you see that? Oh my God. Did you yeah. see that? Oh my God. You know, um, never really was one of those guys. Uh, he's just, uh, just a really solid football player. And, um, and I think that, uh, I think the dolphins could be interested. I will say one thing, uh, and I'm going to go back to D Eskridge real quick. Cause I was looking for this and mm-hmm. I couldn't find it. Um, again, on slant routes, slant routes this year, Miami obviously, uh, run some slant routes, eight catchable targets, eight receptions for 295 yards and five touchdowns. So eight times he ran a slant route with a catchable ball and he produced five touchdowns. <laughs> that's D Eskridge. Um, and, and also, you know, number one against, uh, against man, against man coverage at 19 yards a target against man coverage. Pretty, uh, pretty ridiculous. But um, anyway, I, I answered a, a Terrace Marshall question with a D. Eskridge <laughs> answer, <laughs> which tells you what we're, we're, we're kind of thinking, right? All right, let's. Uh, I'm going to wrap up, uh, and then I think all of you can, you know, you can chime in with your guys with day two guys. Obviously, this is, you know, we're talking second round, third round guys. All right, which is day day two of the NFL draft, which is on April 30th. Draft starts on April April 29th. You get the first round. Day two is April 30th. You get the second and third round. Day three is May 1st, which is Kentucky Derby Day. And they're going to have the fourth round to, to the seventh round, which I'm not happy about. So 
I'll continue here on day two, guys, my guys, and then Simon could chime in with his. Man, I really like a bunch of day three guys, to be completely honest with you. But a guy that I do like as a day two guy, late third round, I don't understand why Sage Surratt is just getting, I don't know, the dismissive treatment because he looks slow maybe, but he doesn't run mm-hmm. slow and he's highly, highly productive. And I disagree. I think he runs slow. You think yeah, he runs slow? slow? Yeah. yeah. I don't, I looked at him. I, I look at him and I, I've always liked him. Right. Did he run? I, mean, I was talking about him. Sub- I was talking about last year. I believe he ran sub four, six at his pro day or something like that, which yeah, I think maybe is just, just fine under. for a slot guy. Yeah. He's six foot three, 215 pounds though. And you, yes. you know, he lacks that explosion to play. He plays to that. And then some, though. yeah, the, he's the, Joe. The vicious. I said it a couple yes. of weeks ago. Yeah. That's yeah. what he is. The he's size that he is, I think, yeah, I think he plays even above that size. That's what I was mm. trying to get at. All right. And I got two yes. and I got two more guys. And I, oddly enough, I have a lot of day three guys, but two more guys that figure in that, in that second, third round, Tylen Wallace, Although he has some bad tape against, namely against the University of Miami, but Tylen Wallace was supposed to be something two years ago. Meaning he was supposed to be like a top ten pick. He's tore his ACL though, didn't he? Yes. So he had a really bad ACL tear. He's steadily, you know, moved down boards, but I think there's something there. He's, you know, he's really clean with the catch. Uh, one thing I would like to see, I want, I like to see transitions. I like to see guys that are, you know, skillful at actual football moves. Not, you know, not, you know, you can see guys that run really, really fast or can run past people or even run people over. But the fundamentals, if you're really, really good with it, I take notice. And Tylon Wallace is a guy that has always popped to me. I'm not a big fan of Dami Brown. I'll let one of you guys talk about him. But another one is Amon Ra St. Brown. And I guess Simon is going to have an, a, a, an interview with him, so he should know more. And I'll yeah, give I you love my, him. And, I, and I'll give you my, my, I guess, my the guys that I – I kind of don't like. Not a big fan of Nico Collins. Really? Nah, not not a big fan. He's Demetri a bit inconsistent, Felton? but I think his his upside is huge. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Collins. Oh, the upside's huge. I just you know I just don't see it. Not yet. And as far as like Shy Smith, I guess Shy Smith is a day three guy. I'll talk about him in the next segment. But I guess those are my guys. I guess the guy did that you say I, Dim- did you say you didn't like Demetric Felton? Demetric Felton, I like him, but I like him more as a day three guy. Right. I think I think he's a, he's going to be a little bit more one dimensional on the next level. He reminds me of somebody. He's Naeem Hines, to me. Hmm. He's a, he's a kind of satellite back that can that, that can play receiver. I, I, his route running is ridiculous. I mean, ridiculous mm-hmm. in terms of uh, you know how he runs routes. I mean, he was killing people at the Senior Bowl as a route runner. Yeah, and I'll give you one. I'll give you one more. You know, I'll give you one guy that will be. I think maybe possibly can make the bottom of the third round because I already have a bunch of guys to talk about day three, but that's Fitzpatrick. Like he doesn't have a lot of fans, but he's he's acrobatic. And not only is he acrobatic, he's fearless. Like he'll take a hit and he's a really nice player out of Louisville. Des Fitzpatrick. He he's noticeable. Let's just say that. And in the senior bowl, he turned some heads. He's the drop King though. That's the, that's the, that's what he also yeah. showed in the Senior Bowl. He had one of the most ridiculous catches in the Senior Bowl, and then ran an insane route against Trey Brown, was wide open, and it hit him right in the hands and dropped it. That's and then of does. course he played in the game and had three confirmed drops. 
So I guess I gave you all the good and all the bad on this Fitzpatrick. All right, Simon, your day two guys. Uh, I mean, I love Amaron Ratson Brown. To me, he's he's Juju, um, he's um, Jarvis Landry. He's hugely competitive. He's not fast. I think he ran a four fifty one, but he's got burst, runs sharp routes. He's got great hands. He'll block you all day. He's a bit of a pit bull. Um, he's not going to go deep on you, but he just does all the little things. Well, he's got a great football IQ. Tracks the ball really well. So competitive, like so competitive. I think in three or four years' time, you're going to talk about him as one of the better route runners in the NFL. Mr. Universe is his dad. Obviously, his brother's Equinemius and Brown of the, of the Packers. I mean, Tamori and Terry will not go in on, on day two. But to me, Tamori and Terry might have the most upside of any receiver in the draft, but he could also end up completely flaming out. And for, for older listeners, um, Tamarik Vanover was a receiver who played for the Seminoles in the early 90s, who had a ridiculous mm-hmm. amount of talent, was drafted in the third round of the, by the Chiefs. He crashed and burned, but he reminds me so much of Tamarik Vanover. Terry is long. He, he's he got legitimate late 4-3, early 4-4 speed. He dominated on a terrible team. I mean, he led the FBS in catches over 60 yards, catches over 70 yards, catches over 90 yards. He averages 49 yards per scoring reception. Just, just think about that for a second. His average per touchdown reception is 49 yards yards which is the second highest among ncaa receivers with at least 15 touchdown catches over the last 20 years um he is he his gps we talked about gps in the last show and a little bit in this one his gps measurements have hit 23.4 miles an hour um and there is a bit of prison at the moment with this but on those deep routes and the long touchdowns you see the occasional vision of a randy moss as he outruns everybody with that long speed and that long stride. I'm not saying he is Randy Moss, so don't quote me on that and say, Simon Kentz, he said, Demurian Terry's Randy. That's not what I said. <laughs> but there is just a reminder when he goes for those deep balls, because he can, not only can he separate, but then he can close on the ball like very few players can. I, I think he's a really, really talented player. Um, Elijah Moore, I like a lot. Um you know, I think he's a really interesting player. You talked about Darmy Brown and not liking him. I like him. It's some Stefan Diggs to his game. He's ridiculously quick around the 10, 70, 800 metres. Um, Tyler Wallace, you talked about. I mean, the ACL he suffered in 2019, but then he had a knee injury and a groin injury in 2020. He missed the last game of the season with an undisclosed injury to his lower leg. He went to the senior bowl and couldn't practice because of another injury. I mean, that, you know, for 185 pounder, that really concerns me i think that pretty much fills out sort of nico collins I, I like nico collins um that pretty much fills out kind of the day two guys for me this uh, again i've got a lot of guys that would fall onto to day three who i like quite a lot so i'll let chris uh take the reins if there's any other guys he likes on day two wouldn't be surprised if the dolphins target to maureen terry um you oh, know, love him being at, at fsu Again, that's another that's another team that they're going to have very good GPS data on. Yeah, um, and that's another a player that they're and as you say, you know, he's the speeds that he has reached on the field that will not have gone unnoticed. Um, ceiling so, is so high. It's yeah. so high. And don't forget, he was injured for. I mean, he he played. He barely produced in twenty twenty because he played six games and then opted out. But he had a knee injury that got progressively worse. He had to have an operation on it, came back. He didn't feel right. So he, he opted out and had another operation on it, you know, and yet he still, you know, <laughs> he was still catching 
an average of 49 yards per scoring reception across his career. I just think that, you know, he, uh, he he's just so talented. He's got he's got nuance to his routes. The route tree was a little formulaic, but he runs a lot of hitches, a lot of curls, a lot of go routes. I'll tell you what else he runs a lot of, a lot of slants. Mm-hmm. You know, take that to the bank when he when he considered Tua Tungavaloa and what, what the Dolphins hopefully will do to, to maximise his ability. So, uh, yeah. He's a real, I think he's just going to be a significantly better pro than he was a collegian, and he is a pretty decent collegian at times. The way I've got the day two uh, constructed is you have to keep in mind some of the guys that we've already talked about, um, you know, between Rashad Bateman, Terrace Marshall, Kadarius Tony, and D. Eskridge. And I've got D. Eskridge on top of that. Other people are going to have Rashad Bateman on top of that, legitimately so. Um, you know, somebody some of those are going to go on day one and some of them are going to go on day two. So we're talking about day two guys. I'm, I'm going to talk about them first. Uh, you know, Terrace Marshall, Kadarius, Tony, um, maybe D Eskridge, maybe he goes in, in day two. Uh, these are day, these are your day two guys that you're going to look at with, you know, hungry eyes. Um, so Amari Rogers, again, we talked about him. Uh, he's a day two guy. Um I would be looking at him probably more in that third round territory uh, because I think some other positions start to naturally go into, into the day in the second round area. Um, I have really strong, you know, feelings towards, uh, towards Demetric Felton. Um, Mm. You know, I think that he is, I think he's an underdeveloped, I think he's an undeveloped version of some of the guys that we're, we're talking about like D Eskridge. You know, mm-hmm. um, he has ridiculous speed. He has ridiculous shake. Uh, and everybody likes a guy. The NFL loves guys that, that have in their hands. So you can do things with the ball in his hands. Um, you know, because the, it's easy to, it can be easy to get a, get the ball in a guy's hands uh, in short, short yard situations. Um, it's just, what do you do with it afterwards? And so a guy that can go ahead and, and do that and uh, do things like that, Demetric Felton is one of those guys. Jalen Darden, already mentioned, you know, very good. Um, Tutu Atwell, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and speak for him. He had a uh, he had a an unfortunate uh, incident at, um, at at Pro Day where uh, where he dropped uh, 30 pounds and, uh, and <laughs> you know four inches. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh and essentially i think a wizard turned him into a smurf and uh, i th- that's not his fault that's you know um you can't blame him for that uh he, he was five foot eight and 155 pounds that sucks he, he's yeah, so small he good. makes he makes jakeem grant look like calvin johnson <laughs> <laughs> he's so you know at, at that size it's going to be really tough but i also know the nfl really loves him like team there are teams that really love him and what he can do um i think that uh you know i'm surprised that he measured so poorly because bruce feldman is normally quite reliable and he had him at five nine and i think 190 um and and that is just grossly inaccurate uh and but he i don't think he was necessarily inaccurate with his strength prowess uh, that he talked about five nine one yeah did he have yeah. 160? I I read I read the blurb and he it was like it was a it was a much bigger number, uh, but anyway, um, 
he has he has really good strength prowess. He's a former quarterback. He has good. I think he has nice control of the football. He's got nice big hands. He can run with the football in his hand and his hands. He he he's so fast on the football field in terms of his play speed that he smokes guys that are supposed to be fast. Um, you know that's that's where that's what I look for. Like, hey, that dude's a fast dude, or at least you know he's he's your speed guy on defense, and he just ran by him like like he was standing still. Um, and that's what I think Tutu gives you, uh, gives you from the slot. I think that he reacts extraordinarily well to, uh, to the uh, scrambling quarterback, which he had to deal with, uh, or not deal with, but I mean, that, that was a big part of Louisville's offense. Um, so you're walking in with, I mean, there's so many guys, you, you watch a lot of guys and, and I, I accuse Miami receivers of this, not having a goddamn clue what to do as the quarterback is, um, is, you know, is breaking out of contact and creating some extra time. And, you know, they're just, they're just sitting there and it's, and you appreciate when you see guys that have actual training and instincts about what to do, like have the awareness to react quickly to the, cause that's what you have to do. You have to react really quickly to that situation. Um, I think that he, he has that. So Tutu Atwell, Amari Rogers, Jalen Darden, uh, Austin Watkins, these are your these are your potential day three or sorry day two guys. Some of them are going to go on day uh, day three anyway. Um, you know, especially at well after what he measured. Uh, but that's not unlike the situation I was talking about at the beginning. With uh, you had four guys, some of them are going to go in the end of round one, and some of them are going to go in the beginning of of day two. So that's that's the way I have it stacked. Yeah, and now moving on to day three, uh, I have some very negative notes out of some B-side players like McMath of LSU and Powell of Clemson. I just don't see it. But two guys I do racing see. Ma- I mean, racing, racing McMath is probably the best special teams player in the draft. I mean, you know, he has got 507 career special team snaps. Um, he's an elite gunner at LSU. He's got 4-3 speed. You know, uh, that, that's where racing with Matt, you know, he's not going to get drafted to play receiver. He's kind of Mac Hollins type, do you know what I mean? He's just mm-hmm. a special team stud. Mm-hmm. And, but I do have three guys, okay? And one of them, Chris is going to remember, okay? Because I talked him up so much and he told me, and I'll see if he, if he still has the same stance. He told me, no chance on this guy. So I'll, I'll lead off with my best, okay? My best, best in class, let's say, out of the day three guys. I love Austin Watkins Jr., I like to see guys. Wait, that do... what? Wait, what? <laughs> what is, wait, what do you mean? Like, I, I was n- no way on Austin Watkins. When, Wrong guy. On what I told you I was going to uh, lead off with my good guy, and then I was going to leave the guy that you oh, took okay. a dump uh, all over third. Well, right? now, okay, so now, so, okay, now I understand because I, I am definitely bad at listening to what you're saying as what you're about to do. <laughs> so that that makes sense. Okay, Austin Watkins Jr. I like to see guys doing. NFL type things, okay? UAB, who the hell are these guys playing quarterback for him? Because all they do is throw him jump balls, balls behind him, catches everything. Great hands. He's Sammy Watkins' cousin. He is. Okay, that makes sense. I didn't know that. I, you know, I yeah. really did not That's know that. That's why I'm here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love him. I absolutely love him. And day three starts in round four. Man, if I don't get itchy and I pull the trigger for for Austin Watkins in round four, how many how many drops has he had in his career? I would say zero. Chris, Is that right? No, it's not right. Um, it's 
I mean, it's it's not going to be high. So what, like one or two? I mean, pick a number. Two. You pick the wrong number. <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so yeah. So I, I guess you know. I, I guess uh, you know. My guy had my top guy in day three has fans on this podcast. I know my third guy, Chris, is going to take a dump all over him, so I'm going to leave him, you know, I'm going to leave him be for now. How about Shai Smith? Smooth receiver out of South Carolina. Great senior bowl, I thought. You know, I don't know what he ran. I, I, I know that they had their, their, their pro day. Maybe that's going to destroy his draft status and he becomes a UDFA. But I don't know he if did he did well. He did well he, this pro day. He ran fast? If he ran fast. Yeah, he, ran, he ran fast. Okay, if he ran fast, then he's right there. He ran 443. That is okay. Then he might have moved himself out of day three. <laughs> Six eighty three three cone as well. So who knows? Maybe he's late day two. Somebody's gonna jump up to get him. I love him. Uh, another clean catcher. He great with transitions. I love to see all. Chris the, Greer was there as well. Guys that are really good with the fundamentals. I love. Now this guy is probably gonna be a UDFA. And when Chris is done, is done with him, he'll be in the XFL. Hey Johnson. Chris, you remember him? South Dakota State? West Wall? No, I don't, and that says it all. <laughs> okay, he catches everything. Slot specialist, been a slot specialist his entire life. Had a pretty damn good senior bowl practice. Not everything. Had wowed all the coaches with how much, you know, how well he was executing what they asked him to do. They never played him outside, which kind of tells you everything you need to know. But he has that look. He has that look of a guy who's going to be productive in the NFL doing one thing and one thing only, running short routes in the short zone out of the slot. Kate Johnson, you ripped him apart in the senior bowl because you said that every year one of those guys shows up and you never hear from them again. Yeah, it's the well, this year the guy that showed up was Kate Johnson. Yeah. I mean, somebody that showed up as Kate Johnson of South Dakota State. Hey, somebody has to be a traveling salesman for a medical devices company. 2,554 yards in 2018 and 2019 combined, second most in all of college football, ahead of Lamb, Chase, you know, receivers that you can name that aren't called Devonta Smith over the last, or 2018, 2019. Um, he is an interesting player. Dallas Goddard taught him how to run routes um, at South Dakota State. So, yeah, uh, and more yak per catch than anybody in college football over the last three seasons. So, again, another yak monster. What conference was that in again? Uh, the I don't know whoever South Dakota State, whatever they play in. Uh, yeah, the um, South Dakota. Let's look this up. South Dakota State Conference is the Missouri Valley. Of course, the old Missouri okay. Valley Conference. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so he also has two so kickoff returns. Are, are we looking at Missouri. Are we looking at all those stats quite quite the same? Oh no no I mean. <laughs> Of course, we're not. of course we're not. I'm just uh, I'm just making the point. You know, I'm, just, I'm yeah. trying to make Alf feel better. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So so what? I, my original comment to Alf and uh, what he what he took as tearing him apart was, uh, you know, small and not fast are not a great combination. Um, and you know, every year we see guys. I'm going to throw out a name. Uh, some of you might remember him. Um, you know, that of of somebody he reminds me of, and it's it's just somebody that's so you know, epitomizes this exact player uh, of which there are probably six every year and uh, they're all future day traders. Um, you know, Austin Carr of Northwestern. 
you know, mm-hmm. very high throughput player at Northwestern, smaller, a little bit smaller, shifty, you know, caught a lot of passes, produced a lot of yards. Uh, Somebody that everybody is always saying, oh, New England's going to get him. You know, and and that's that's what you're looking at with Cade Johnson is you're looking at that kind of player. Um, He doesn't look that small at 5'10 and a half and 184 on paper, but the reason he looks small on the field, he's got got 29-inch arms and a uh, and five foot eleven wingspan, which is ridiculously bad. Um, and and so so he looks small in the football field. He's he ran like a, a very solid four or five, you know, at the or at his pro day. Uh, who knows what it would at a combine? I'm sure that would have been more like a four six uh, or closer to four six. Uh, it's just it's just we see a lot of these guys, and he looked he looked the part at the senior bowl. And when you get these guys in sort of isolation, there's a lot of football field around them and they just get to drag these DBs you know, three way go all over the place. Um, and they got short strides and they're, you know, very quick guys. Shy Smith is one of those guys. Um, you know, it's going to look impressive. You get them in an actual football game where your size and phys- physicality uh, start to make more of an, or start to uh, make more of a difference uh as as a quarterback tries to find you open and get you the football and have you do things after the catch uh then all of a sudden you start to see where the physical shortcomings really come into play and sure he could he could be one of those guys that transcends you you never really know but i see another austin Carr type of player and and I'm just not that interested. I'm not, I'm, I'm not even, I'm not even, I'd rather, I'd rather take a guy that has a little spice that, that makes me, that makes me excited. If I'm going to take a player like this, I'm going with Demetric Felton all day. Cause I know he's fast and athletic and he's, he's got like, he's got real potential. Um, Kay Johnson, not so much. All right. So I guess Simon could, could kick off his day three guys. Yeah, I like those three guys. I really like um, two are bigger guys, actually. I mean, um, the first is uh, Tyler Vaughns uh, of USC, um, who I really like. He's a bit inconsistent, but you know, this is day three guys that we're that we're essentially talking about. Um, Vaughns is um, a big guy, like I said. Uh, he's what six two, one ninety, but he's smooth. He's a four year starter. He's got an NFL skill set. Uh, he's just inconsistent. He gets in and out of his breaks. That productivity hasn't always matched his talent, but you know he's got a high ceiling if he can put it all together. Um, the second guy is Jamon Osborne, uh, who played at Texas A&M, opted out of 2020. Uh, a bit of a super sleeper, actually, who I really enjoyed watching when I was studying Keller Mond in the spring of last year because he's physical, he's got great strong hands, he does a lot of dirty work in the run game, he has a knack for making big catches all over the field, he's not going to run away from anybody. He just gets open, he can stack corners, he can, knows how to use his body. Um and one of the best throws I've seen in the last few years was a Kellerman throw where he escaped against North Texas and, and put it in an absolute dime in the front corner of the end zone to a diving receiver, which was Jamon Osborne. Uh, I like him a lot. Uh, and the third player is essentially, uh, Chris is going to hate this guy as well, but essentially he's kind of this year's <laughs> Hunter Renfro, or actually he's another Austin Collie. Um, he sort of lacks the speed to threaten down the field, but underneath, you know, he's got, yeah, cookie cutter route runner, uh, tough, doesn't back down from contact. He's absolutely going to make a team. Um, and that's Dax Milne, who was Zach Wilson's top target. He's this spunky kind of effort guy with pillows for hand, short area quickness. Um, 
walked on at BYU after Zach Wilson persuaded him to to turn down a full. I mean, nice of Zach to to, to uh to convince him to turn down a full ride scholarship at Weber State to walk on at BYU, uh, but he did. He got a full scholarship. Um, and they've been mates for years. And yeah, Dax Mills, six foot one, 190 pounds, uh, third down sub package guy. I think he's um he's an interesting proposition. Somebody I'd be interested in on day three. Chris. Well, we're talking about day three. Um, I think that I mentioned Tutu Atwell as a sort of a, a day two-ish guy, or at least he was, but I think he's gonna fall into day three because of um because of the measurements at the uh the pro day uh so you know he would be one of those guys uh i'll, I'll bring up josh immator Im- 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 okay thank you um no I, i'll have i'll have simon uh <laughs> translate for me in the future too uh with some of these other guys um i like him i, I he got he kind of <laughs> came to everybody's attention because he had that that vertical of like 47 inches where it looked like he was just floating in the sky um and he does have a 47 inch vertical which is uh ridiculous um but he's six what when i really dug into him he's 6'2 215 pounds he's he is built he is strong he's he's a run after catch guy and you know he when he when he get him out in the route uh he's explosive and there aren't that many guys that when you look at on tape you look at them and you're like okay i don't really care what body type the nfl puts on them you know what at corner what among the body types that that exist at corner in the nfl uh, or even you know what the talent level is he can he can beat them like he can i I don't know if he will um but the way he moves the strength that he has um and the explosiveness that he has he has the ability to to beat them. So I I would look for him on day three. I think he's uh, kind of a roll the dice kind of player. Um, he has got some serious injury issues though. He does, yeah. And and I mean, but this is this is why you're day yeah, three. This, this is, is day why three. you're rolling the dice, right? He, he, uh, you're rolling he missed, the dice to Maury and Terry, right? <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, Matter Baby missed five games in 2017 for a season-ending injury. Um, he never saw the field once in 2018 because he broke his ankle. Missed the last three games of 2019 with an injury. He missed two games in 2020 with an injury. So, yeah, there's quite a lot to like. Above the rim kind of guy, serious athletic traits, but that that's a concern. The other ones um, that I would look at, uh, you know, we mentioned say it's sir. I don't really think he's going to get into day two. Um, I think he's a day three guy. Uh, he's a guy, if, if he were bigger, he'd be like a Mike Evans uh, because he plays – with the sort of strength and physicality that Mike Evans played with um, when he came out of college, but he's not that quite that size. He's six foot three and 215 pounds, which is very big and very strong. Um, and he plays even above that. And that's why I compare to Mike Evans. Another guy that you'd probably compare him to a lot is, is Eric Decker. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, he's, he, he would try to be, that sort of player in the NFL. And I think that he has a chance to be one of those maybe bigger slots, bigger, stronger slots that you're seeing in the NFL. Um, if he, if he plays with some strength, I would roll the dice in day three. Um, I, I would definitely look at him as one of those um, worth worthwhile uh, scratch off tickets, I guess. 
Um, another one, let's see. Uh, Warren Jackson is a guy that I've talked about a lot. He didn't run well. <laughs> and uh, I'm the statement of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Simon Chris and I made a great a- joke. <laughs> Simon had a nice, nice, uh, nice back and forth uh, where he, he replied, he replied to an old text message that I had, uh, which was like, you know, we, we really need to be talking about Warren Jackson as what, you know, wide receiver Warren Jackson as a, as a potential, you know, high, high potential guy. And then he, he noticed his speed. It was just four, seven or something like that. Four, six, nine. So I replied, I was like, we really needed to talk about tight end Warren Jackson as a potential <laughs> high value guy on day three. Um, I do. So the NFL is having the NFL is, is there's a trend developing with these pseudo wide receiver halfway between wide receiver, halfway between tight end type of guys. Um, and you're seeing you're seeing some of them kind of they're blurring the lines a little bit more and you're seeing them used as mismatch players and they're getting some play he's he's a legit 6'6 and 220 pounds um so that's a little light for a tight end uh but i think that he could probably gain a little bit of weight he runs routes like a wide receiver he cuts like he steps he sticks one foot in the ground and cuts like a wide receiver and he's developed instincts. He's developed instincts against zone and the timing and what step he needs to, to make his cut, um, you know, to preserve space for the football that I think, listen, because he's six, six, you know, he's not just, he's not just six, four, you know, six, four, the NFL scene, six, six mm. is a little bit bigger than that. Um, the NFL has had a lot of failures that have tried to be six, six receivers. Uh, and a lot of people think that that's not going to work. Uh, now that there's, there's sort of a, a little bit of a trend with blurring that line between Matt Collins is an example of this with, with what Miami did with him last year. Um, he might find work Warren Jackson might, and you know, you just throw on that tape of when he was a young pup as a freshman, uh, going up against Alabama and some of the great corners that they had at Alabama. And, you know, he had like a, I think it was a two touchdown performance against them, just straight up matching up against these, these seasoned Alabama corners and beating them in the red zone. Um, and I think that's where you could, you could start to see him uh, make a difference early on if, if he gets the chance to be on a team. And with that, you know, I'll probably close out my day three guys. All right. And that concludes our draft guide preview of the wide receiver position. We will talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening to three yards per caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes on Podbean or your usual podcast provider. 